Welcome to Sojourner Truth. Thank you for staying with us. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. Today, Poetry for Haiti, the world's first black republic, which is struggling to overcome neocolonialism, imposed poverty, state violence, and natural disasters produced by climate change and made worse by the poverty in Haiti. In the early morning hours of August 14th, 2021, a powerful magnitude 7.2 earthquake struck southern Haiti, killing at least 2,200 people and injuring over 12,000 others, according to France 24. These figures, however, are expected to be much higher and many people still remain unaccounted for. The Associated Press reported that over 136,000 buildings were damaged or destroyed. The August 2021 earthquake that struck Haiti was the deadliest natural disaster of 2021, and it was the worst natural disaster to strike Haiti since the 2010 earthquake. Just two days later, on August 16, 2021, Haiti experienced a direct hit from Hurricane Grace, which poured over 10 inches of rain on the nation. There were further damages from flash flooding and landslides that led to more casualties, especially among those hundreds of thousands of Haitians left homeless by the earthquake. According to the United Nations, at least 1.2 million people including over 500,000 children, had been impacted by the twin devastations of the earthquake and the hurricane. Meanwhile, all of this took place within the context of COVID-19, state violence, political instability, and attacks on the poor. In the summer of 2021, a benefit for the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund, known as HERF, was organized by longtime Haiti solidarity campaigners. HERF provides concrete material aid directly to the people of Haiti working directly with the grassroots movement for democracy on the ground. They provide water, food, shelter, medicine, housing, and support for UNIFA, the university based in Port-au-Prince, which includes a teaching hospital, which is now under construction on the campus of UNIFA. They also do a lot more. The benefit, Poetry for Haiti, was an afternoon of soul-searching poetry and an opportunity to support Haiti's movement for democracy. The event featured Deborah Major, San Francisco's third poet laureate, Tongo Eisen Martin, San Francisco's current poet laureate, and Shanga Laboisier. It also featured a heartwarming tribute by longtime Haitian human rights activist Pierre Laboisier to beloved elders of the Haiti Solidarity Movement elders that we recently lost. They include Mrs. Solange Aristide, the mother of Haiti's first democratically elected president. And indeed, on her 100th birthday, Mrs. Aristide donated 100 scholarships for students of agriculture. 
He also paid tribute to Terry Collins, a community leader and co-founder of the Bay Area-based alternative radio station, KPU FM. And also he paid tribute to Jacques Antoine, known as Volubo, a Haitian DJ, community leader and activist with the Lavalas movement. The Sojourner Truth team, that's myself and assistant producer Romero Funes, had the honor of spending quality time with Wolobo in 2019 when we traveled to Haiti to cover the grassroots uprising. We bid farewell to these beloved and highly revered elders. Today on Sojourner Truth, we bring you exclusive audio from this historic event, Poetry for Haiti. The event was co-sponsored by the Haiti Action Committee, the Ecumenical Peace Institute, East Bay Sanctuary Covenant, and St. John's Presbyterian Church Mission and Justice Commission. We live in a global world. We're all interrelated. So on Sojourner Truth, we work to bring directly to you news and views on local, national, and international policies and stories that affect us all. And we draw out how those of us most impacted women, communities of color, and other communities are responding. We also discuss the interrelationship between art and politics. Now for our news headlines. For Pacifica Radio, I'm Eileen Alfandiri. The Taliban fired gunshots to disperse a rally in Kabul and arrested several Afghan journalists who were covering the demonstration. That's according to witnesses and Afghan media outlets. The protest began outside the Pakistani embassy in the Afghan capital to denounce what the demonstrators allege is Pakistan's interference in Afghanistan, especially the reported support for the latest Taliban offensive that routed anti-Taliban fighters in Panjir province. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, meantime, says the State Department is working with the Taliban to facilitate additional charter flights from Kabul for people seeking to leave Afghanistan. We're going to continue to engage. We're engaging as we speak uh, to resolve these issues and indeed to hold the Taliban to its pledge to let people with travel documents, including American citizens, uh, freely depart Afghanistan. And we've reiterated this point directly to the Taliban uh, in, uh, in recent hours. Uh, as with any commitment the Taliban makes, we're focused on uh, what they do, uh, not uh, just on what they say. Blinken was speaking at a joint news conference in Qatar with that nation's top diplomats and military officials. He said the U.S. has been in contact with the Taliban in recent hours to work out arrangements for additional charter flights from the Afghan capital. Blinken said the U.S. believes there are somewhere around 100 U.S. citizens still in Afghanistan who want to leave. Texas Governor Greg Abbott plans to sign the state's voter restriction law at a ceremony later today. Civil rights groups filed a federal lawsuit late last week, even before the law took effect. The lawsuit charges that the voter restrictions are unconstitutional and violate federal voting rights law because they diminish the right to the ballot box. The Portland, Oregon City Council is set to vote tomorrow on an emergency resolution that would ban the purchase of goods and services from Texas in response to the new law prohibiting most abortions there. The resolution would also bar city employee travel to the state. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler's office said the ban would be in effect until Texas either withdraws the law or a court overturns it. 
Wheeler said that Portland urges other leaders and elected bodies around the nation to join in condemning the actions of the Texas state government. The Biden administration says it will explore options to block the law. Mike Clifford reports. The Justice Department exploring all options to challenge Texas's restrictive abortion law. Attorney General Merrick Garland said Monday as he vowed to provide support to abortion clinics that are under attack in the state and to protect those seeking and providing reproductive health services. The move by the nation's top law enforcement officer comes just days after the Supreme Court refused to block a Texas abortion statute that bans a procedure as early as six weeks into pregnancy, with no exception for rape or incest. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. An international conference on adapting to extreme weather is calling for greater funding and urgent work as nations around the world struggle with the effects of a heating planet caused by fossil fuel emissions. The Global Adaptation Conference pointed to last month's report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change that confirmed the Earth is warming faster than previously thought. The Global Conference said this alarming acceleration will cause heat waves, droughts, extreme rainfall, floods, storms and wildfires to become far more severe and powerful. The conference said while cutting fossil fuel emissions is critical, adapting to the unavoidable effects of the climate crisis must also be made a higher priority. Patrick Verkuyen is CEO of the Global Center on Adaptation. He said there is no time to lose. We're all now living inside the eye of the storm. We already knew we are running out of time. And now with the IPCC 6 assessment report, we've all read it. Quite frankly, we have learned we have lost 10 years. The so-called COP26 International Climate Summit begins October 31st in Britain. President Biden will survey damage in parts of the Northeast that suffered catastrophic flooding from the remnants of Hurricane Ida. Biden is set to tour Manville, New Jersey and Queens in New York. Torrential rainfall led to flooding that's blamed for at least 50 deaths in the region. More than two dozen died in New Jersey. In New York City, 13 lost their lives, including 11 in the borough of Queens, drowned in their basement apartments. Biden says Ida and other storms make federal spending on infrastructure an urgent priority. I'm Eileen Alfandiri for Pacifica Radio. This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth, and those were our news headlines. Now we kick off our Sojourner Truth special, Poetry for Haiti, bringing you soul-nourishing poetry and commentary on the first free Black Republic. During today's program, you will hear audio from a benefit for the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund hosted in the summer of 2021. This within the context of a devastating 7.2 earthquake and hurricane that struck Haiti within a matter of days. The event featured Deborah Major, San Francisco's third poet laureate, Tongo Eisen Martin, San Francisco's current poet laureate, and Shanga Laboisier. It also featured a heartwarming tribute by longtime Haiti human rights activist Pierre Laboisier to beloved elders of the Haiti Solidarity Movement. Let us hear from them now. My name is Judith Merkinson, and I'm going to be your moderator today in this wonderful third annual Poetry for Haiti. Before we begin, we want to say a few words about those who have recently passed 
we always have to remember those who have come before us and to honor all those who have worked so hard for the liberation of Haiti. Thank you, thank you. And, um, and let me echo the thanks that you just uh, um, mentioned all the great people. And I want to thank the audience for their for the support and their solidarity with the people of Haiti. We want to dedicate this event in honor of the memory and the great contributions of our beloved elders. They have recently passed, three of them have recently passed, and that is from June to early July. And there are many people who've been killed in the struggle for liberated Haiti, a Haiti that is with social and economic justice and many have been killed in the process. I want to honor Mrs. Solange Aristide, Solange Pierre-Louis Aristide. She is the mother of President Aristide and uh, she passed away uh, the end of June, early July. Mrs. Aristide had celebrated her 100th anniversary, 100th birthday, and sadly, a few weeks later, she passed away. And it takes strong women to raise strong men. And President Aristide, one of Haiti's foremost poets, um, is one such strong man raised by these strong women. The next person is Terry Collins. Terry, many of us, um, Terry has been such a great friend, a great brother and mentor to many of us, community leader, one of the leaders of the 67-68 San Francisco student strike that led to black student strike that led to the um, initiation of the ethnic studies department at SF State. Uh, Terry was, is a great friend or was a great friend of Haiti and uh, frequently having us on the air on KPOO. He's the co-founder of KPOO FM in San Francisco and uh, also the chair of the station board. And a uh, great friend, had a lot of fun with Terry and uh, Terry, one time he asked me to do a 20 minute interview that he had only 20 minutes. We ended up staying for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> a great scholar, he knows so much about Haiti and he got so excited about the subject that we went on and on. And uh, I will miss him dearly. Thank you so much, Terry. Also, the next person is Jacques Antoine, knows all over Haiti as Guolobo. Jacques Antoine is one of Haiti's famed DJ community leader and Lavalas activist. He passed away early June. And um, Jacques Antoine used to, he animated Mardi Gras in Haiti, had a big sound system, phenomenal, phenomenal brother. And one of the key things with Jacques Antoine is that he was on the streets, on the ground in Haiti, fighting for human rights, fighting for democratic Haiti, and demanding that the vote of the Haitian people be respected. Going back to the first coup d'etat of 91, continuing to the, to the second coup d'etat and on in uh, 2015 and again 2016, when the vote of the Haitian people was being stolen, Jacques-Antoine Ogolobo, as he is known, uh, took to the streets and the police actually destroyed his equipment with that um, very powerful a uh, stream of, of poisonous water that they would spray at people and destroy this equipment, but that didn't stop him. He's a skilled technician in electronics and uh, elect 
uh, electronics and just a fantastic, lovable man will miss him dearly. So again, Mrs. Solange Pierre-Louis Aristide, great woman, woman mother of President Aristide, Terry Collins, great community leader from San Francisco, and Golobo Jacques-Antoine, our dear brother, uh, just uh, wonderful people. I want to close this by quoting, and please forgive me, this is a beautiful poem that President Aristide had made for his mom, had written for his mom. It's called the Declaration of Love. I want, I tried to do a rough translation of it because it's such beautiful poetry and I've fallen far short. I will read the last um, stanza of the poem because I feel that it, it very strongly befits not only Mrs. Aristide, but also Terry and Jacques. It says, your love, your life is a source of love. Your love is a source of life. Rest, rest, rest in the source of love that is 100% pure and perfect through the duration of times, amen. This is excerpted from a declaration of love by Jean-Bertrand Aristide, former president of Haiti in honoring his mom. Thank you so much, Pierre. And as people probably know, Pierre Labassier is a co-founder of the Haiti Action Committee, which can be found at www.haitisolidarity.net. People might not realize this, but the Haiti Action Committee has been building solidarity in Haiti and struggling for justice for almost 30 years. In fact, Haiti Action will celebrate its 30th anniversary next year, which is really incredible. And Haiti Action Committee has been one of the main organizations in the United States that have actually gotten the word out about what is going on in Haiti. You know, poetry has always been one of the tools of the people when they are dealing with oppression. And there's a long tradition, probably going back thousands of years of poets talking about their needs, their loves, their desires, and their desire and struggle for freedom. And the following poets are really within that tradition. And we're so lucky today because we have not one, but two San Francisco poet laureates speaking. And who knows, we might have a future poet laureate with us as well. Our first speaker will be Shanga Labossier. Shanga, born and raised in Oakland, is a poet and rapper. He's currently pursuing an MFA in poetry. He's an alumnus of the Oakland Youth Poet Laureate Program and reached the Coupe Finals with the Barnard Columbia Poetry Slam team in 2019. Right, he says, Writing is my passion. The pages of my notebooks have always given me a space to reflect, release, and heal. So here, without further ado, is Shanga. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very honored and grateful to be here at a performing at a HERF event. Grateful to be part of such a stellar lineup. Um, without further ado, I'll just get right into the poems. Um, I have two for you today. Um, this first one is called Shapeshifter. 
The turbulence never stopped. It increased on crash landing, clawing out of a crater, the brother from another planet. These lands I roll for sustenance I search. The tables have turned, now curiosities on earth. Because I attract it all, aversion and attention. Learning a new world's ways, you're bound to go astray, but they focus on my missteps as opposed to me attempting. Here the voices question my presence and existence. The noise was internalized, the dissonance on repetition. Constantly clicking my heels, but no place felt like home. I shapeshifted to feel embraced because no face was like my own. Oh, what a tribulation. There's so much conflicting. All this malleability leads to loss of self-recognition. And that feels like rattlesnakes vicious, rattles shake with quickness, straight to veins, their fangs piercing, venom and pain searing, coursing through the corporeal and coagulating the spirit. Seldom truly seen, so even less ever heard. Had to find survival through the ambush in the night. So I cement my sentience into these written words and stir up songs of freedom so my soul would be satisfied. Had to cultivate a place that I could call home. Quit the shape-shifting, cause there ain't no face like my own. The feeling of lost at sea no longer. I followed my drinking gourd so I could wade through the water. So I'm giving all praise cause these verses are my savior. Everything my mind designs rivals the shine of Ursa Major. My screams move my pen so when I put these words to paper, blame my messy handwriting on these sound wave reverberations. The next one is an immortal soul or an immortal spirit, I never decided. Um, uh, yeah, it's my second and last one. So thank you again for your time. I'm a student with a scream bellowing from the bottom of my lungs. Let my voice disperse in this youthful Parisian global atmosphere. My voice is a product of my soul, my spirit. My soul been hibernating throughout the seasons and centuries, traveling over lands and through time. My modulating spirit, an ember, a spark on the wood, a spark in the woods, Bois Caima. In the Caribbean, the spirit rattles in the, in the Caribbean bones, in the Haitian bones, rattling amongst the sugar cane and roaring out of a conch shell. The spirit rattles in the Caribbean bones, the Haitian bones, surrounded by a freezing hunger. The spirit, the soul was worn by the fire, by flesh, by blood, and then all frozen in a French prison, frozen by greed. Hibernating my soul, seasons and centuries, traveling land and time, hibernating my soul. Like an omnipresent winter in America, in Oakland, the snow that falls on all, above all in the bottom of black nostrils, the snow that melts the brain and not in your hand. The soul, the spirit rattles everywhere, behind bars, in front of the barrel of a gun, in front of the police, near the police, under the stare and grip of the police, in front of their barrels. In America, the spirit rattles in this manufactured, eternal, wintry landscape, our radiance frozen and imprisoned. My soul hibernates, my soul hibernates, but it lives. A soul awoken, a spirit revived by the flesh, by the blood ablaze in the woods. In Haiti, I was not afraid after the earthquake. I did not hide, stood and stared in the face of destruction and still I rise. The aftermath of rubble and stones I carry and built an impenetrable fortress out of what they thought was a cemetery. The spirit, the soul crosses oceans. She is a black panther marching proudly on the sidewalks of America, of Oakland, her claws making sparks, sharpened by the caress of the friction of the streets. Standing proudly on staircases and car roofs and stages, her roar, her roar alone nourishes descendants for generations. Soul, spirit, traveling, seasons and centuries, awakened over land and time, alive. I'm a student in Paris, I exist, I live in 1803, 1966, May 1968, and today, 
The power of neither slave owners nor policemen could, could end me, extinguish me. I am here, here I am, and here I'll seize the pavement, asphalt, cobblestones, and crush and grind them into sand and spread it all around me. Me, I am just one grain amongst many others. Our tears of pain and grief and sorrow will create a new ocean. Our subsequent tears of joy will refill it eternally. And finally, this traveling, awakened, alive, spirit, soul can peacefully rest and be free. Thank you so much, Shanga. You know, we're so privileged in the Bay Area and here today to have people from here. We don't have to import anybody to be to show the great way that people can express themselves in poetry. Born and raised in San Francisco, Tango Eisenmartin is a poet, movement worker, and educator. His latest curriculum, An Extrajudicial Killing of Black People, We Charge Genocide Again, has been used as an educational and organizing tool throughout the country. His book entitled Someone's Dead Already was nominated for a California Book Award. His latest book, Heaven is All Goodbyes, was published by the City Lights Pocket Poet Series and was list shortlisted for the Griffiths Poetry Prize and it won, a, it won a California Book Award. His forthcoming book, Blood on the Fog, is being released this fall in the City Lights Pocket Post Series. And we're very honored to have Tongo. He is San Francisco's eighth poet laureate. Thank you, Tongo. Much, much love. Societies wander together like hopeful drops of a virus. Citizen testaments bent on offering me a nation of breadwinners to hold me back like it's a Brinks. I wrinkle the concrete sometimes like flesh. My Martin Luther King permanence turned away from a podium into the reeds like God is the dangerous twin. Black August to the mountaintop balcony on my bedroom floor. You know, they steal you from the earth itself and suspend you and your broken neck from their foolish euphoria. From the loyalty oath of their great superstitions, loyalty oath of their agrarian reform, I return to my mother completely disrespected. For peeling the heat off of purgatory, they kill poets like me. Walk me away from my poems, never to be heard from again. In this final industrial complex of bloodlines picked over, picked through a sport and spiritual death of your devil at least half made police become a pretty word. I'm reading a lynch mob shoestrings like they were tea leaves teaching you how to write about cities. It's the 25th century in the mirror, people. Tyranny against your chump turns you a chump to be mocked even with a gun in your car. A cubit of needlework spelled tune for the proletariat, the relapse ministry. Talented people curled up in a fetal position next to a diamond dime, just another service day in the theatrics of tea house fascism and a bouquet of surveillance cameras and the poverty of God. New blue eyes, corpses of water, newly potted presidency of one big shiny coin if you ask animated capitalism, another non-literal voice, killing his white freedom. The deification of hyphens, medicine bread and picture shows, great protesters in LA, guests of our ink, drop kicking roses in the graveyard, DC MIG like a stone torn in half, the pen advances, despite CIA guideposts, despite non-African past and futures, a metaphorical but not surreal day in a horn-written life, horn player improvising king. Like a radio prize fight featuring Sean Go himself, a real hand sweeps the land of racism, now return to the ground. Now make progress with the gun. Our mother Emmanuel. You know, they put on music that evening and swing a tight body language for you to drink with fermented $5 bills. For your body language, some applause. My past 
stomach line, and neither a good thing nor a bad thing, like being psychic on the way lethal injection. It'll sit you down with Lady Day. Lady Day leading you to surrender. That's the ultra Africa too soon. Polity thoughts floating in a cup of water. She saved me. Accessing my stomach, accessing the love of the American lynch coat sleeves, wooden and avalanche into the rest. Our mother Emmanuel avalanche into the sharp keys. Pain, you know, the deal you make with pain, the piano makes sense for them. Laying hands on the world, gradually addressing the bend of necks in the streets of the north. Travis sailing in pain, repeating pain in the north. Ten trigger fingers on that piano of harmony, what have Putting a hundred fights on every direction off her lady day, leaning on trees again, recruiting the countryside itself, saying, lay your plan out on this lightning, make your poems a corner pocket of men. I've greeted the blues itself. America may clean my dead body, but will never include me. There goes the poet. Killing without killing. Never mind this painting of your language. Now be a meaningful lynching. A crow's passing. Good and dead by the afternoon. I go to the railroad tracks and follow them to the station of my enemies. A cobalt tooth man pitches pennies at my mugshot negative all over the United States. Their toddlers in the rock. I see why everyone out here got in the big cosmic basket and why blood agreements mean a lot and why I get shot back at. I understand the psycho-spiritual refusal to write white history or take the glass freeway. White skin tattooed on my right forearm. Ricochet sewers near where I collapsed into a rat-infested manhood. My new existence is living graffiti. In the kitchen with a lot of gun cylinders to hack up. House of God in part. No cops in part. My body brings down to prison. The new bullets pray over blankets made from the old bullets. Pray over the 28th hour's next beauty mark. Extrajudicial Confederate statue restoration. The waistband before the next protest post day. By the way, time is not in the losing, your honor. I will save your desk for less. You're a witty, your honor. You're moving money again, your honor. It is only raining one thing. Now, white cop. And prison guard shadows reminded me of spoiled milk floating on the oil spilling neighborhood, making a lot of fuss over his demise a new lake for a Black Panther party. Malcolm X's ballroom jacket slung over my son's shoulder, the figment of village, a new noose to a new white preacher, all in an abstract painting of a president and boss labor sometimes. The tension screeches of military bolts and election Tuesday cars, a cold-blooded study in leg irons, proof that some white people have actually fondled nooses, that sundown couples made their vows of love over opaque piece plastic and vote action audiences. The Medgar second is definitely my favorite law of science. Final newspapers and primitive Methodists, my arm changes imperialisms, simple policing versus structural frenzies, elementary school script versus even wider white spectrums, artless bleeding in the challenge of watching civilians think of terrible rituals they have around the corner. They let their elders beg for public mercy. I'm gonna go ahead and sharpen these kids' heads in the air of myself and see how much how much gravy spills out of family crest. Modern fans of war, what, what with their t-shirt poems and t-shirt guilt and me having on the cheapest pair of shoes on the bus. I have no choice but to read the city walls for signs of my life. You know, all street life to a certain extent starts there, sometimes with a spiritual memory even. Pre-dawn, soul clap, your father dying even. Maybe I've pushed the city too far. My sensitivities, the landfill district thing, and minstrel whistles, white supremacists, graffiti on westbound rail guards all overcome and reauthored. Reauthored by revolutionary violence that shows its own protagonist, a muted stage of genius. You know, the garbage is growing voices. Condensed Marxism for warrior depressives, underpasses in their pockets because they just might be deities, a decent bit on the Panther name, a merciful Marxism. Disquieted home life, a metaphor for relaxing next to a person who is relaxing next to a gun. I stared at my father for a few seconds and returned to my upbringing, returned to the souls of Ohio black folk, revolution down there pagan at this point. You know what the clown wants? The respect of the ant, wants to interpret pain only. 
wants to pull a 38 out of a begging ball, wants me to hurt my hand on this pen. I'm not tired of these rooms, just tired of the world to give them a relativity. My only change of clothes prosecuted, the government has finally learned how to write poems. Shootouts that briefly align and make a parable of parables like white bodies are paid well. <laughs> Do white men even have leaders? Are all white people white men? A rat pitches a river, can almost taste the racial divide, can almost roll a family member's head into a city hall legislative chamber. Those who in this good book will fly. All I do is practice, Lord. Decided not to talk out of anger ever again. Met my wife at the same time I met new audience members for our pain. We pass each other cigarettes and watch cops win. The city gone uniquely linear, heart of the West, do a true universe. I will always remember you in fancy clothes. My wife says, so here I sit. Twisting in silk ideation, rifle made of postbellum tar, targets made of an honest language. This San Francisco poetry is how God knows it is me whining. Riding among the lesser respected wolves. Lesser observed militarization. Dixieless prison bookkeeping, I mean the California great coats are coming. Lynch mob gossip and, and bourgeois debt collection, I mean it's tempting to change professions mid-poem. In the Chicago briefing, the white sergeant saying, blank slate for all of us after this black organizer is dead. Standard academics toasting two buck wine at the tank parade. Bay of nothing, Lord. Just nuclear cobblestones, gun line athleticism, and the last of the inherited asthma. Children giving white dolls to play with and fear facial expressions borrowed from rich people shoestrings. I can hear hate and teach hate and call tools by people names and name people dead to themselves. No one getting naturalized except fair legend soon. Carving the equator in the throat. So I'm sorry to make you relive all of this, Lord. All of this pre-dime monarchy, friends putting up politician posters and snorting the remainder of the paste, menstrual script, shoveling it to the walls by their elders. My children sharpening quarters on the city's edge. For these audiences, I project myself into a ghost-like state. For these gangsters, I do the same. Every now and then, take a nervous look east. I mean, sleep becomes Christ. Sleep starts growing a racial identity. Do you ever spiral, Lord? Has the gang age betrayed us? Be patient with my poems, Lord. So much pain is a point to crime. I mean, it has to be if race traitors come with it, Lord. Is that my revolver in your hand? You know, better presidents than these of yonder cages have called us holy slaves. Build the school libraries with cop documentaries. Baby, I don't have money for food. I don't have a present moment at all. I talk facing away from the dead. They replace me with the change in my pocket, a penny that's yet to be invented. They say, you have to know how to cut a throat on the way to cutting a throat. After sleeping on a mattress made from two garbage bags of clothes, I became content with the small justice of plantation fires. I mean, playing with couch ashes, I realized how weird the universe was. It exists in so many places. So many random things. It interrupts me while I'm trying to dream. Like your clay correspondence, Lord. Hey, to be transparent, I have 20 books next to a bullet like an old man giving advice at the beginning of a revolution. I've really done it, Lord. Explored the mumbles of my mind. Explored what's naturally there, and I found no brainwashing. I found Africa, Lord. I have a future. It takes place in the diasporic South. I have morning possessions, modern militancy. I mean, windows to the South. I'll walk on a missile for food. I guess you will not want flowers for a few years, Lord. Will I be tied face to face with the country I murdered merged with us, Lord? Our old metal versus new metal. Our old metal versus pool of meandering imperialist faces and multiculturalism. So it's dead replaced me with a comedian's chest cavity instead of a chest cavity held tight. It takes a violent middleman for me to talk to myself. Stories that travel through other people's stories. A song about a song, a hemisphere about a hemisphere. Stories that travel through a conquered poet. Man, my mother remembers Africa, Lord. She killed on behalf of you, Lord. I wore a machete all winter and no one asked me what it meant. I read 1,000 books in front of the world. What I do is fight poems and sleep through decadent San Francisco prayer circles. 
Watch people play for post working class associative services or recreations of a governor's desk, ruling class art of utility, playing fine sociopathic bureaucrat. I mean, a day some white people scare even easier. TV in a basket, I mean, next to a ceramic baby wearing ceramic armor, musket progeny fantasizing through the art of the poor, their trendy latches locked before God, black art hunted down like a dog. And hand over my friends, Lord. Lord, I think I'm going to die in the war. Unelected white people in my small house, like a blue song of no spiritual effect, a dollhouse ace bomb, a pony show near dead bodies, apartheid weddings that go right, apartheid white people who give birth to mathematicians, the spiritual continuity of barracks and police stations, a chemical interpretation of a Sunday trip to church, church mills in their pockets, a river mistaken for a talking river, no autobiography outside of small personal victories of violence and drug use, made in the image of God trinkets, a white abolitionist confided in their children about, chemical assurances that they will switch, from black artists to white artists, from black God to white God, from black worker to white worker, I think about you cautiously, Lord. In the same way I think about my childhood. Foxhole Friday nights, most of life is mute. A comedian points out a planner's field to a priest, King Cotton, King Revolutionary, the Bible Central, containing all modes of shallow introduction, introducing an unlisted planner class, speaking about fevers and balance sheets, and reassuring the masses that we can figure out our fathers later. You know, a priest took my mother lightly, Lord. Stood in front of parishioners, re-raveling fantasies about black art. Priest reading confidently before I broke him and broke his parallel. You know, after the day, I've never been a poet before. Little brother watches his big brother's friend and leave rifles on shelter walls. They agree with me and call it literature. It's a simple matter, this revolution thing. To really lie to no one. To keep nothing God-like. To write a poem for God. This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. We're going to take a quick station break. When we return, we'll continue with our special Poetry for Haiti. Stay with us. You won't want to miss this. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Sojourner Truth. And you can check us out on our website at sotrueradio.org. If you're a member of Facebook, you can look for us and like us there. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle there is at sotrueradio. And we're also nationwide and worldwide on SoundCloud. You can go to the search bar and type in Sojourner Truth with Margaret Prescott to find us. And today we're going to give a shout out to our SoundCloud listeners in the United States, in the state of New Jersey. And internationally, we'll give a shout out to our SoundCloud listeners throughout the Caribbean region. Now we return to our special Poetry for Haiti, which was organized by Haiti 
solidarity campaigners, including the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund. During the second half of our program, you will hear more poetry and commentary from longtime grassroots activists with the Haiti Solidarity Movement. Let's hear from them now. Many times women have not had a voice throughout history, but one of the ways that women have managed to make their feelings known, their rage about their situation, their interest in social justice is through poetry. And Devorah Major is certainly within that tradition. Born and raised in California, she served as San Francisco's third poet laureate from 2002 to 2006. She's just returned from Italy where her sixth book of poetry with open arms was released in a bilingual edition. In June, 2015, she premiered her poetry play, Classic Black, Voices of 19th Century African-Americans in San Francisco at the San Francisco International Arts Festival. She has an amazing um, biography, which I can't go into now, but a Willow Press editor's choice is her seventh book of poetry, Khalifa's Daughter, was published by Willow Press in 2020. She performs her work nationally and internationally with and without musicians. And you can find her whole history and everything else, her books, et cetera, at www.devoramajor.com. We are so honored to have Devora here with us today. And Devora has, as well as Tongo and Changa, have been devoted proponents of Haiti liberation and have always given their voice to justice in Haiti. Thank you, Devorah. My uh, young brothers and sons by other mothers certainly brought the energy and the righteousness of the word. So let me try to continue that uh, energy. I'm gonna start with talking about storms because I think Haiti is in the midst of a storm as quite frankly is the planet Earth. As storms gather, Wind tears through shuddering trees, a shifting sigh as leaves wither and fall, shrieking squalls spewing fury across ocean crest, murmuring a moaning song with a piercing chill. Icy fevers inhale, the waves surge, swallow unmoored boats, warning of seasons to come, seasons only some will survive. I think what most troubles me, well, I can't even say what most troubles me, it all troubles me, hunger of children, death of murder of people, but it's violence and violence is all of that. And so this is part one of a, a extended poem on um, violence, just looking at what violence is. A feral shape shifter, changing its expression, but not its intent. Nightstick or tongue, cartoon caricature or whip, violence seeks to control all in its path. Violence shatters people and things with a whirling storm of pointed anger, pulverizing spirit, bone, sinew, and dream. It flattens heart, drains blood, incinerates community, obliterates family, buries love colonizer of countries, subjugator of people. It raises flags and proclaims its victories in the name of all terrors. Violence, 
arrives like the wind, whispering or with booming explosions as a thrusting energy that seeks to invade, deform, control, destroy. It occupies our dwellings, sits at our tables, uninvited sleeps in our beds, tearing off the covers, forcing us to the floor. It stands guard at our doorways, allowing in only its anointed brethren and trusted allies, all armed and ready to flatten and obliterate our homes. Sometimes we grow so close to violence, we think it's a family member who gently cradles our throbbing heads between its skeleton fingers, first scraping our temples, drawing blood, and then squeezing like an iron vice until our eyes, blinded, burst from their sockets. This next is a torture song, and um, sadly, it is true to the moment. Listen, can't you hear it pull the wires and sockets out of our ears? Can't you feel it cut through our waxed delusions? A ragged scream pouring like hot oil inside and around our blistered spirits. Someone is screaming right now. Can't you hear the screams coming from that man, the one who is across the world and yet next door? His screams burn through dark hooded, thick-walled, iron-bolted citadels. And when he screams, he is alone, except for the one who beats him, shackled and alone, except for the one who watches him get beaten, tortured and alone, except for us who can hear him underneath the news reports in a corner of our memory. Someone is screaming in this moment. We can hear him weeping and begging and praying until he is stilled and another takes his place and another joins in and another until the dissonant chords of their knotted howls begin to strangle us. Or maybe it's not those screams we are hearing. Maybe it's a mother screaming as her son is murdered on her doorstep. Or maybe it is his children, their waking and sleeping hours, both wearing the same nightmare face. What I know for sure is someone is screaming right now, at this moment. Someone is being tortured and reviled in the name of a country or in the name of a God or in the name of you or me, someone is screaming. And if it's not us yelling back, calling out, if it's not you, if it's not me screaming, stop, screaming no more, screaming louder and louder until we are heard, until we have stopped this torture song, who will be left to listen, to hear, to care? In this incredible book, Haiti Haiti, and if you'll notice the second Haiti is spelled with two eyes by uh, Father Jean-Bertin Aristide. And I wanted to read just a few little snippets out of one of his poems. This has really been, it was an incredible journey through this book. Uh, but anyway, this one is called Haiti Haiti. And within it, he talks about Haiti when you make it H-A-I-T-I-I -I, and what that really means. And it is both in, it's in Creole and Swahili and uh, English, but I'm going to, for the most part, just do the English because I know I don't have an accent in the other language. Hi, hi, hi. Many people know the name of our country is Haiti, but not many people understand what this means. Yes, Haiti, what does it mean? Where do the roots of the word come from? Hi, hi, hi. 
With great courage, Africans declared, no, no, do not, do not, do not, do not. We do not want, we do not want to leave our hand. We refuse completely, we refuse forever. The white colonists will persecute us, not a problem. The white colonists will torture us, not a problem. The white colonists will always have slaves, not possible. The white colonists will kill us, not a problem. We prefer death to slavery. We swear and swear again, there are two words. First, hi, not. Second, T, obey. Therefore, do not obey. In Swahili, Haiti means do not obey. This is what we say, Haiti, 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 until we become free, then truly will our name be Haiti. So that's John Burton, Aristide. And lest you think I have nothing positive, <laughs> I wanted to end on a up note first with it takes a moment, which I'm uh, starting with a quote from Audre Lorde. Even the smallest victory is never to be taken for granted. Each victory must be applauded because it is so easy to not battle at all, to just accept and call that acceptance inevitable. Again, that was Audre Lorde. We know of storms and barricades and we know of changing tides. We have been wave after wave after wave, searching together, reshaping the land, human in our fragilities, human in our strength. We have stood still, slipped backwards, pushed forward, are pushing still because there is further to go. There was a time when it was harder to stand, but we stood, harder to step forward, but we strode, harder to speak out, but we sang together. It took a movement then, it takes a movement now. History is nothing but moments strung together, moments of passion and moments of pain, moments of hunger and moments of feast, moments of forbearance and of rage. But somehow when we climb into those moments, together we expand the reasons for celebration. Together we reduce the amount of toil, of injustice, of fear. We are at a crossroads once again, our time once again to smooth the road we walk upon, to stand up, to step forward, to speak out. We are never the beginning, we are never the end, but we are always at the front. We who know of dirty fingers and hard work, we who tend the births and the deaths, we who teach and guard, guide and attend, plant and reap, clean and cook, paint and sculpt, investigate and report, and care for more than each other and our charges. We are a movement moving past indecision, moving past fear, past resignation, past tired, past disgusted, past overwhelmed and disillusioned. We are a movement remembering our victories, however large, however small and carrying them into tomorrow while moving from the impossible to the possible. And I would like to close with this. I, um, I'm not a deist, but I find uh, both spirituality and wisdom and the books of all of the faiths and the, the teachings of those that are even not in books such as Ifa. But this particular one comes from the Bible who shall inherit the earth. In Amaric, the correct translation was not the meek, 
broken, crushed, humiliated, low, who would inherit the earth but the gentle. And we are inheriting these streets, even as we sleep on them and are swept up only to return, sharp the edges of so many of our lives, fierce with hunger and pain, so much disillusionment and so very few triumphs, even as the rulers squeeze tighter, cutting short our breath, hobbling our steps, harnessed together, we will inherit the earth, such as it is, sad with violence and pestilence, the air clotted and gray, islands covered with an ever-rising sea, turning, turning, still it is becoming ours, even as they wage their gruesome war, killing and selling, buying and exporting death, advertising the price for each kill factored into the decision to research, develop, manufacture, and buy the newest weapon to kill more quickly, more anonymously. Even in the face of this hegemony of arms, every side buys from every side, every side sells to every side, even the pawns choose their weapons, aim, fire, and die. Still. We gentle are joining together more and more tightly, inheriting the earth from these others who want only to have, to hold, to own, to control, as if they were hurricane and sun, arrogant in their perceived power, not understanding that all of it will explode or else disintegrate, and they will be left with misshapen, impotent stories of the times that used to be, while we will remain Remembering our many losses along the way, still wounded and reeling, we gentle will inherit the earth and pull out our seed stock and begin to plant anew. The Amaric translation goes, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Thank you. We're out of time. I'd like to thank all of the speakers featured in today's show. We'd like to thank Pierre Laboissier, also the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund and the Haiti Action Committee for allowing us to share their audio with you. I would also like to thank the Sojourner Truth team, Romero Funes, our assistant producer, and today's audio engineer. If you'd like a copy of today's show, you can contact the Pacifica Radio Archives at 1-800-735-0230 or go online to pacificaradioarchives.org. Remember to visit our website, SoTrueRadio.org, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SoTrueRadio. This is your host, Margaret Prescott, and you all remember, please stay safe.